Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Scholes. Today we have the second part of the story of Trusty John, and if you remember from Monday's episode, this one is a little problematic, particularly at the end, in the way that, well, I'm not going to spoil it for you, you'll just have to listen and find out. This is Trusty John, part two. Trusty John made the king remain behind on the ship and await his return. Perhaps, he said, I may bring the princess back with me to so see that everything is in order. Let the gold ornaments be arranged and the whole ship decorated. Then he took a few of the gold things in his apron, went ashore, and proceeded straight to the palace. When he came to the courtyard, he found a beautiful maiden standing at the well drawing water with two golden pails. And as she was about to carry away the glittering water, she turned round and saw the stranger and asked him who he was. Then he replied, I'm a merchant, and opening his apron, he let her peep in. Oh my, she cried, what beautiful gold wares. She set down her pails and examined one thing after the other, and then she said, The princess must see this. She has such a fancy for gold things that she will buy up all you have got. She took him by the hand and led him into the palace, for she was the lady's maid. When the princess had seen the wares, she was quite enchanted and said, They are all so beautifully made that I shall buy everything you have. But Trusty John said, I am only the servant of a rich merchant. What I have here is nothing compared to what my master has on his ship. His merchandise is more artistic and costly than anything that has ever been made in gold before. She desired to have everything brought up to her, but he said, There is such a quantity of things that it would take many days to bring them up, and they would take up so many rooms that you would have no space for them in your house. Thus her desire and curiosity were excited to such an extent that at last she said, Take me to your ship. I shall go there myself and view your master's treasures. Then Trusty John was quite delighted, and he brought her to the ship. And the king, when he beheld her, saw that she was even more beautiful than her picture, and thought every moment that his heart would burst. She stepped on to the ship, and the king led her inside. But Trusty John remained behind with the steersman, and ordered the ship to push off. Spread all sail, that we may fly on the ocean like a bird in the air. Meanwhile, the king showed the princess inside all his gold wares, every single bit of it. Dishes, goblets, bowls, the birds and game, and all the wonderful beasts. Many hours passed thus, and she was so happy that she did not notice that the ship was sailing away. After she had seen the last thing, she thanked the merchant and prepared to go home, but when she came to the ship's side, she saw that they were on the high seas and far from land, and that the ship was speeding on its way under full canvas. Oh, she cried in terror, I am deceived, carried away and betrayed into the power of a merchant. I would have rather died. But the king seized her hand and spake, I am no merchant, but a king, as of high birth as yourself. And it was my great love for you that made me carry you off by stratagem. The first time I saw your likeness I fell to the ground in a swoon. When the princess of the golden roof heard this, she was comforted, and her heart went out to him so that she willingly consented to become his wife. Now it happened one day, while they were sailing on the high seas, that Trusty John, sitting on the forepart of the ship, fiddling away to himself, observed three ravens in the air flying towards him. He ceased playing and listened to what they were saying, for he understood their language. The one croaked, 
Aha, so he's bringing the princess of the golden roof home. Yes, answered the second. But he's not got her yet. Yes, he has, spake the third, for she's sitting beside him on the ship. Then number one began again and cried, That will not help him. When they reach the land, a chestnut horse will dash forward to greet them. The king will wish to mount it, and if he does, it will gallop away with him and disappear into the air, and he will never see his bride again. Is there no escape for him? asked number two. Oh, yes. If someone else mounts quickly and shoots the horse dead with the pistol that is sticking in the holster, then the young king is saved. But who's to know that? And anyone who knows it and tells him will be turned into stone from his feet to his knees. Then spake number two. I know more than that, even if the horse is slain, the young king will still not keep his bride. When they enter the palace together, they will find a ready-made wedding shirt in a cupboard, which looks as though it were woven of gold and silver, but is really made of nothing but sulfur and tar. When the king puts it on, it will burn him to his marrow and bones. Number three asked, Is there no escape then? Oh, yes, answered number two. If someone seizes the shirt with gloved hands and throws it into the fire and lets it burn, the young king is saved. But what's the good? Anyone knowing this until it will have half his body turned into stone from his knees to his heart. Then, number three spake, I know yet more. Though the bridal shirt too be burnt, the king hasn't even then secured his bride. For when the dance is held after the wedding and the young queen is dancing, she will suddenly grow deadly white and drop down like one dead. And unless someone lifts her up and draws three drops of blood from her right side and spits them out again, she will die. But if anyone who knows this betrays it, he will be turned into stone, from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. When the ravens had thus conversed, they fled onwards. But Trusty John had taken it all in, and was sad and depressed from that time forward. For, if he were silent to his master concerning what he had heard, he would involve him in misfortune. But if he took him into his confidence, then he himself would forfeit his life. Alas, he said, I'll stand by my master, though it should be my ruin. And that is the end of part two of Trusty John. And as I said, it's a bit problematic. The whole kidnapping of the princess, it doesn't, doesn't age well, does it? This is Dan Scholes for The Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Threads and Instagram at Folktale Project. And you can find us wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. As always, thank you so much for listening.